0: Good America, and good morning, Australia. You're listening to Radio Tony, and we're live streaming onto LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. This is a new show for Radio Tony, and in a moment, I'm going to introduce you to my amazing new co-host. For those of you listening live on the social media and YouTube, my wonderful assistant, Mayo, is ready to respond to your comments and questions with our website link. Please remember that we'd love you to like, subscribe, uh, and email us with any of your suggestions for the show. Just remember that radiotony.com is a place where you can find any information, and we will talk about Kez and her links shortly. But first, I want to tell you all about Kez Wickham St. George. She's a best selling Australian author. And she believes that unique walking stories are just waiting to be told. Kes Wickham St George is the driver of her own creativity and her passion to inspire and nurture others to tell their stories. Her values are simple. When you touch a heart, you can change a life. By encouraging you to write or journal, her belief is it will only add value to your life. Travelling extensively Extensively, rather, including the width and breadth of Australia, she's collected lots of stories and experiences. Now, with nine novels published and three uh, published internationally and three nationally, two children's books now reside in many different companies with two royal families. Beginning in 2019, her first book of poetry, Entwined, was published, forming a corridor between the city of Rockingham and Ikeo, its sister city in Japan, to bring poets and artists together. Plus, an invitation to be a guest speaker at the writer's retreat in Tom Castle, Dublin, Ireland, late in November 2019. And in 2020, Kez's novel Metal Mermaid became a number one bestseller in the category of adventure caravanning. Kez is also a popular speaker at many local events, ever the storyteller. However, mentoring and consulting to assist others to tell their stories has become a large part of her life. And now she's co hosting live shows with me. Good morning,
1: Kez. Good morning, good morning. How are you?
0: Oh look, um, we've had a little uh, technical hiccup this morning starting the show and of course as you know Kez, we've been uh, having lots and lots of rain. So currently I'm hoping that you can't hear the rain bucketing down in the background. Um, The river is rising again so we'll be on flood watch for another day. We're in Queensland, Australia And uh, it's drought one minute and flooding the next. So not only is Queensland suffering a bit of flooding, but uh, southern New South Wales has had a deluge and they're experiencing catastrophic flooding today. So for any of those people who might happen to be listening, just know that we are with you. Now, I want to get on with the show. And Kez, when did you start writing?
1: Many years ago when I was a child, actually. Um, Yeah, I had had polio as a child and had to be, I was bedridden for quite a while. So my mum, uh, being um, the religious person she was, she taught me from the Bible how to write and read. So when I went back to school, I didn't have a normal education. I was full of biblical quotes. (laughs) (laughs) That must have made interesting
0: conversation for the teachers and kids at school.
1: <laughs> it was <laughs> I it's, wasn't quite it's, it's, understood. It. I wasn't understood. And I was sort of um yeah, I guess I was on the outer. I had to refine my little group. the little group that I hung out with were no longer available to me. they'd gone on in classes and and um been forwarded in their education, and of course, I had to sit back in the same in the same class that when I was afflicted with polio, um, I had left. Yeah. The sad thing yeah. was, Tony, a lot of my classmates had passed away. So I didn't have no. them as friends anymore. So I, I learned about life very, very early in my life. I learned about death yeah. and illness and, and what it can do to a family and what it can do to a person. Yeah. So I encouraged, yeah. encouraged me to write. I had to, mum always, enc- my mother encouraged me to write down my feelings because in those days to be seen and not heard was a child's purpose.
0: Yeah, I, I'm so glad that we have a bit more freedom now to yeah. um, write and talk about our feelings. Yeah. Do you
1: have a mute when you write, ben? Oh, I do. I, I have a spiritual one and I have, um, of course, my favourite music. But uh, I I do believe um, it's my grandmother uh, who died when oh. I was ten. But I do believe uh, you know I often hear her name. And I know it may sound weird to a lot of writers, but I the, uh, a smell of a rose or seeing a rose or her name was Rose. So I a piece yeah. of music will come on that she she was a pianist. So I will hear music she played, and I mean. It's nothing spooky. I'll just be reminded. I'll just be suddenly reminded her name was Rose. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's really special, isn't it? It is.
1: Yeah, very special.
0: Now, when you decided to publish, what was the process you went through in
1: trying to find a publisher and how was that process for you, Kez? First publisher was shocking, absolutely shocking. I would never, ever say... To anybody, let's go here because um, they, were, they were crooks. They really were. Um, yeah. They took money and they ran. Uh, so, listen, learned, uh, found another publisher, and it was. I was, I was upset by what had happened, but I thought it's not going to stop me. So I started scrolling through um, publishers on my phone one night, and I came across these yeah. two young men in England in the UK, who uh, were just mm-hmm. opening up an ebook, an ebook shop. Yeah. So I approached them about my books and they send us, They said, send us one. So I did. And they edited it. Um, not too good because they, they weren't professional editors, but they did their best and I did my best. <laughs> and so it was put yeah. online. And then after that, they just said to me, send us everything you've got. We have sold so many of your mm-hmm. books. Oh, that's yes.
0: awesome!
1: Yeah, so that was my that's first foray into, into into publishing. That was prolific. I couldn't write yes. fast enough for them. I couldn't write fast enough for them for their, but they um, they got very, very popular. And three years later, closed yes. their doors. But meanwhile, oh. are they yeah, no, <laughs> spread my name all over Europe. I was well known yes. as a as a writer all over Europe. Yeah, uh, so that worked. And then, um, yeah, the results of polio after many years accumulated, and I, again, didn't feel too well. So um, a publisher here, locally here, turned around and said, I can help, Um, and she did for three years. She, you know, um, she published two of my children's books and three paranormal, and that worked well for three years, but then she got not, she was not well. Um and so she decided to um slow down, slow down her business more than anything. Yeah. And then I met um the publisher I have now, uh she, she's again like local. Um and it was just research and I knew I knew about uh the publisher making magic happen. I knew about her, but I'd never met her. And she lives ten minutes from me. So we met up yeah. and after two or three Cups of coffee at different times. We decided we'd like to work together.
0: Oh, that's wonderful! And yeah. was that a good process? Was, is that a good working relationship? Do you think, is
1: That I have with Karen McDermott. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Karen gives you complete yeah. freedom, complete and utter freedom, yes. as long as you're building your profile up, which she expects from all authors. But. Um, she yeah. will actually do backflips to get you to bestseller, to get you out there. I mean, she was the one that said to me, come to Castle," And I went, no, 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 not for yeah. me. And she went, it is for you. And from that moment yeah. on, from, from going to Crom, I have learnt yeah. double the amount of knowledge I have now. I also gained an author's family, which you need as a writer. You know, it, you yeah. know most writers, uh, we like, we like, we like hermits. We like to hide away and write. But you also need um, someone to say, what do you think? This is my next short story, my uh, a short story for an anthology book. You know? And we do that now. We swap between us, and I read theirs, and they read mine, and it's just fabulous. What's happened is it's just fabulous.
0: That's awesome, which kind of leads us to how you and I connected and why we're doing a co-hosted show together is because we feel pretty passionate about authors and their writing and the uh, the whole process, rather of publishing and writing. And Mm. Kez and I connected, Kez came on my uh, original author show and then this has sort of come up as a a passion project for both of us to help authors and writers connect with each other so that we can talk about their books, their stories, their process. Um, You, besides writing, Kez, you also... um, Mentor and help
1: authors now, don't you? I do. That's a real big passion of mine because everybody has a story. Every single person I've ever yes. met has a story inside them. So let's get yes. it out there, even if it's just a short story. Um, you know, join an anthology group, and I encourage people, not just mine, but to to find yes. a, a group that's doing an anthology book. Uh, put your words into it. It's uh, imperative that we leave something behind it. I call it a thumbprint it's yeah. imperative we need yeah. yeah. something behind for another generation who knows who knows where the world's going to end up in another 20 years uh, another 40 years another 100 years so if we have if we have a time capsule there that said my great 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 granny or uh, this person did that and I can follow their footsteps who would have thought that by being a writer I would have formed a corridor of art and writing yeah. between Arco Japan and Rockingham, that was that was a huge eye-opener for me. I was there one day, Tony, just one day, not even three hours yeah. into my journey, and I met an artist yeah. who said to me, I've written a book, and I went, oh, so have I. And next thing you know, we're yeah. shaking hands. That's how quick it was. It took me a year to put yeah. the book together. But, um, yeah, it's writing leads you into so many places. You don't know where you're going to go with yeah. it.
0: Yeah, is that whole idea of having a sister city was that a new concept for you?
1: No, um, Rockingham, the Rockingham, the, the Rockingham government here. Uh, yes, they they've always had Arco as a sister city, and I believe mm-hmm. um, I believe that it sort of died a little death for a wee while, and then um, I was invited to join it. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, invited to join yeah. and I said, This is no good. This is just no good. Because you know, I like I like people to say, you know, I, I want to be creative and I want to show other people yeah. that they can be creative, no matter what it is. Yeah. I don't care if you make cakes, yeah. it's creative. Yeah. So um uh, that's when I went over there. They said to me, Would you like to come with a committee to Ako, Japan? And I went, No. <laughs> and then I went, yes. <laughs> It all comes down with me. It came down to finances, but, I mean, it's yes. expensive traveling to these places and paying for your hotel and everything, but yes. I'm a firm, firm believer that that if you're meant to be there, you'll be there. And so I just yes. said, I'm going. Yes. I'm going, and that's it. And the same with Cromcastle. When I finally made up my mind, I, I, I raced off to my publisher and I said, is there a room, is there a bed left for me? And she went. Oh yes, so yeah. That's I mean, a <laughs> bit of a late starter, but I got there. And you know, um, through that one trip we did, uh, my husband and I travelled around Europe and spread the word yeah. that I was a writer. Yeah. I left books behind at places. So yeah, those those contacts have come in useful. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are some of the challenges you've faced in your writing? In my writing, um, well, I've I've heard the word writer's block, but I don't believe yeah. it. I really, yeah. I think it's yeah. you that stop yourself. You know, if you just uh-huh. give yourself some time off, and um, there's nothing, there's yeah, nothing wrong. Not with, you know, being a writer means you still have to live a life. You still have to do the everyday things. I still have to do the shopping. I still have to make my bed. You know, nobody does that yeah. for me. So one day, one day they will. But at the moment, I still live a normal everyday life, and my creative um, juices—look, I can be driving, and all of a sudden I think, "Oh, I thought of a byline to my story." I can, I can be talking, I can be on a radio show, and my head's gone on a different (laughs) tangent. That's, That's a good byline. So yeah, yeah, I can do all sorts of things with my writing, and if you let it happen. You don't get the yes. writer's block. You, your brain can be silent because it's, it's, you know, our brains are, are what they call plastic. The plasticity yes. has to grow. And so while you're letting all that information in there and grow and mature, and it's like maturing, cheese. you know, you just got to let yep. it sit there and mature it away, and all of a sudden, bang, you've got your book. It's not hard. Yeah. Well, for me. Yeah. But yeah. some people are real agony aunts, and, and they take a while about it. <laughs>
0: I know, I've um, talked to a few of them that have, have struggled and I, I'm actually with you, Kez, if I make up my mind to sit and write, it generally flows pretty easily mm. and, and free-flowing. Yeah. Um, so you, you're a writer of children's books. Yes. What's your other genre of um,
1: delight? I have a favourite, it's called Romance Adventure. Uh, And that was Uh my bestseller. And that's because we have travelled extensively. But I also, um, in those books, I love writing paranormal. Now, my paranormal isn't spooky, spooky stuff. It's realising that we're not here alone. um, And things do happen and we think, oh, how did that happen? Or what was that? Or how did you know about that? These things pop up. And I know there's other other things at work. So, yes whether it's the universe tapping you on the shoulder or whatever it is, my books are my favourite ones. And then after that comes paranormal romance, adventure, travel has just stolen my heart. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: There's something about travel uh, that really opens your mind to different possibilities and different scenarios and I um, I have to say this last 12 months of not being able to travel is starting to wear very thin. I'm getting Mm. itchy itchy feet. Um, For the audience listening, Australians still aren't able to travel internationally. We can travel between states, but there's different um, scenarios between each state. So most of us have kind of stayed put, haven't we, Kez? Kez, yep. however, has been caravanning and, and doing a bit of travel in her own state, um, and because I know you love to explore, she's Kez has just come back from a little trip that was not great. <laughs> <laughs> she, still gets she still gets to travel a bit. Um, Before we get on to the next part of the uh, show where Kez is going to interview me, which will be fantastic because I'm always on the other side of the microphone. (laughs) Besides hosting this show with me, Kez, what's next? What's next in the writing sphere for you?
1: A movie. I've always wanted to make a movie. Mm. Yep. So So even if it's just a short movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you, but you have to start with a screenplay, I understand,
1: and that's a different form of writing, is that right? Yes, it is. It's called script writing. and um, yeah. you either find a very good one that can do it for you, but yeah. they're not cheap. And so yeah. um, it's been suggested that I sit a local TAFE course, which is our universities over here, on script scriptwriting, uh-huh. uh, and yeah. I'll play with that idea until it sits on my shoulders quite well. And then uh, who knows? Who knows from there?
0: How exciting is that? Yeah. Okay, guys. Now, I'm going to hand the microphone over to Kez and let Kez take take control for the first time. Now, listeners, Kez has never co-hosted a show before. And um, so we are going to just take this gently and organically. And I know she's going to be... I've Absolutely
1: brilliant. Over to you, Kev. Tony, I have so many questions for you. Your life fascinates me, absolutely fascinating. But the first question <laughs> is what drew you to be a radio host? Because I know you were a theatre nurse. So what drew you yeah. into being a radio host? <laughs>
0: long, convoluted story, but... I, um, as you know, wrote my memoir back in 2019. And previous to writing the memoir, I'd been in nursing. Um, So I've got about 35 years of nursing experience and the predominant um, place that I worked was the operating theatre. So I, you know, scrub, scout, anesthetics, recovery, pre-education, the whole gamut. Um, from working in operating theatres to running operating theatres to refurbishing operating theatres. And I did that for a long time and in uh, 2010 or thereabouts, I segued from physical work into my own company where I sort of zapped across Australia making sure that uh, day surgeries and small hospitals met the national safety and quality standards. So I went more into an assessment, auditing, um, prepping role. I did that for a number of years, and in the background of all this, I was doing my own self-discovery, uh, healing, feeling and sorting out some of the dysfunctions that had made me chronically ill. During that time, I was diagnosed with chronic aggressive rheumatoid arthritis that saw me physically and mentally unable to do very much at all. All of that in a background of um, major depressive disorder and anxiety, and um, as I and this is a, quite a period of time. So this is a decade of intense healing. Um, therapy, counselling and coming to terms with the things that had gone on in my life and what I'd been dealt with. A bit forward to 2018 and as I'd done a fair bit of healing and a fair bit on my journey, uh, the people started and I started to open up and talk to people tentatively about some of the things that had happened in my life and people started to say, you need to write a book. And, of course, I'd been journaling and diary noting for a fair while by that stage because that was part of my healing process. And so I thought, oh, I, can, oh, I don't know, even know if i to write a book. But as the thought grew in my head and as I allowed it to just be what it was going to be, I started to come in contact with people that were able to help me on that journey. So I partnered with an Australian publishing um, platform and they are part education, part mentoring, part coaching and they helped you publish your book. So I did that. I stopped my business, my consulting in July 2018 and I sat down and wrote for the next five months straight and got the book through um, all the processes that a book goes through and published in January 2019. I had no plan around what that book would do or what it would mean or what would happen. No plan at all, just that I made 2019 the year that I would say yes. I also knew that you had to start building up your book reading family and building up your profile and being on social media and all of that, which I did. And I also went on to do the audio version of the book and I was going to get an actress to voice and narrate my book because I'm quiet and introverted and I still didn't have the best self-esteem. And during that process, the producer was just, so amazingly supportive and wonderful. So a big shout-out to Simone from Brisbane Audiobook Production who got me through that process um, through tears because mm. speaking out your book is very different from writing it. it. it yes, it is. a it different is. process. Yeah. And it, I was unprepared for the emotion that would come from speaking out oh. those chapters' live. So she was very gentle and it was very healing and cathartic. And at the end of it, she sat me down and said, do you realise that you have a beautiful voice, a voice for radio? Have you thought about podcasting? And I'm like, no way, no how, not going to happen. Doing this audio book, that's it, enough for me. (laughs) So uh, I kept busily doing my marketing of the book and talking to people and being interviewed and et cetera, et cetera. And I had a chance uh, connection with a media company in the States. And from that, we had a conversation and he answered a lot of my questions about podcasting and introduced me to live streaming radio. And as it was my year of saying yes, I said yes. And he offered me a show on the platform, which was based in Florida, called the Women for Women's Network. Radio Tony was born. Now the Radio Tony uh, logo and name was actually there at the moment because he said to me, "What do you want to call your show?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." <laughs> um, Radio Tony, and that's what it's been ever since. So mm. no thought, no plan, and Radio Tony was born. And as I started that process, the first six months I was physically sick before each show because I just I had no confidence I wasn't sure of what I was doing it was completely out of my comfort zone and completely different to anything I'd ever done and at that stage I was just doing audio streaming so no video nothing just audio streaming and I taught myself everything that I needed to know to do that and from there Radio Tony, Tony TV, audio streaming, video streaming has just grown into this wonderful space, uh, developed this love of using this type of media to connect with people and help them tell their stories. And, again, that comes back to why Kez and I are partnered together to do this show because we're both passionate about telling people's stories and this sort of media is one of the best platforms
1: for doing that. Oh, definitely, yeah. Next question. You've what? just about <laughs> given it all away. <laughs> 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 so, uh, well, we've covered three of those questions anyway in that, little, in that little story. So why is it important for the public to share their voice? What's so important about it?
0: Well, Um, For me, I was told to be quiet. I was told to not tell. I was told to be quiet and and not speak. So the discovery that I could speak and that it was my God-given right to speak and tell my truth was a big thing for me. Yeah. And I discovered that lots of other people don't know that they can speak. And Kez, you would know what's happening in Australia today with lots of women um, starting to speak up and tell their truth. So the belief behind that is that by storytelling or speaking our truth, we shed light on darkness, secrets and lies. And when we shed light on those stories, they cease to have power over our life. They cease to be painful and you open yourself up to more healing, more joy than you ever thought was possible. Exactly. So I can tell you the person that I was and the pain that I lived in and the fear that I lived in and simply telling my story for good or bad has released me from that. So now I can freely say, yeah, sure, I suffer from depression. It's managed, but I know that it will be with me forever and a day. And if I'm game enough to talk about that, that helps someone who's listening, who's struggling with that diagnosis and living with depression to know that it's okay. It's okay for mm. that diagnosis. It's okay to live with it, and it's very okay to talk about it because by talking about it, you help people help themselves. I'm sure so would you,
1: that That sorry, you go. So would you say that um, – see, some people, like yourself and myself, um, we're quiet. We're quite quiet until we're given an yes. audience. And then we have well, to raise our voice. So, my yes. audience is in readers um, and doing different little podcasts all around the world. I mean, um, yeah. two nights ago, I was speaking in India. So, and it's just, just through doing what we're doing, but nothing is, um, should I say, as close to the people that you meet. Nothing is close to your voice as well and truly heard. But I've read your book. And that's well and truly. I haven't listened to the to e the book, but I actually read your book. And there's so mm-hmm. much power in words. You know, I wrote my book, um, and I think all writers have to be very aware of the fact that if you write a book about yourself, about your life, you are going to suddenly yeah. lose friends and family. That's a big warning mm-hmm. thing that most people won't, won't even approach. I don't want to yeah. lose them. So that's a decision you have to make, and also the genre you write in. My passion is to, like yourself, is to bring people out and say, You have a voice, yes. let's use it. Yes. So, in your life, what you know, we've already learned what was your drive to write your book. So, what mm-hmm. ad- would you, what advice would you give to a younger Tony? Oh,
0: gosh. Number one, I would have been kinder to myself. First and foremost, I used to beat myself up so badly. So I didn't need the world beating me up because I did it myself. So number Mm -hmm. one would be you need to be kinder to yourself. Um, I wish that... um, I'd given myself permission to seek help sooner. So you know, Kez, that I didn't seek help for Mm. my depression, anxiety and dysfunction until I had a breakdown in my 40s. Mm.
1: That's
0: too long to wait. If you're struggling in your teens, seek, get help, talk to Mm. someone. There's so much available now and there should never, ever be any stigma or judgement about seeking help because Mm. humans are wired that way. We Mm. are wired for connection. And if you're struggling within yourself um, around, say, depression, and I'll use depression because that's my my own personal experience, if you're struggling and thinking that you're alone, you need to talk to someone because Mm. you are never, ever, ever alone. There's always someone out there to help and help you get through it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you've got to mm-hmm. get over yourself, and you've got to get over that That's fear. It. Get over of, yourself. Mm-hmm. Of, yep, mm-hmm. get over yourself. Get over your fear. That's the other thing that I would say to the younger Tony is: just get over yourself. This is this is at the end of the day, this is not about you. This is about helping so many other people, which is the That's bigger right. driver. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that don't be afraid of. Family that judge you because family are your genetic connection. But that doesn't mean that they're going to support you in what you do and what you say, and they don't have to. If you believe in yourself and honour that belief in yourself and do what you absolutely feel is right in your soul, then do that. It doesn't actually matter what they think about you. Yes, be careful about how you write. Be careful of the words that you use. But at the end of the day, they're only going to respond to you from their place of healing and understanding. And if Mm. they've not reached the same level as you've reached, they're never going to understand. And you can't Mm. make them and you shouldn't expect them.
1: What's your but experience yes. I think we have UK. to realise too that, you know, it could be in the DNA. So the people that you've, the family that you've involved in your writing may also be, be struggling with what you've got, which is um, I, I suffer with anxiety. So, um, mm. and I've got, I've got arthritis as well. So yes, I think after beating myself up for many, many years, it was acknowledging the fact that this could be, it's not just me, it's DNA. You know, I've watched yeah. people in my family suicide. Why? Because they wouldn't yeah. talk to anyone. So yeah. writing and, and doing the radio, Tony, uh, for you was cathartic. As for me, writing is cathartic. Yeah. yeah. So the next yeah. question is, what sort of goal do you want to reach before the end of 2021? Um,
0: I read this question and I thought, oh, my goodness gracious me. Um, so <laughs> I guess. <laughs> And, again, I still get a little anxious sharing, sharing some things with the audience, but I think, I think it's really important that people understand why you do what you do. So I'm going to share with the audience what I call my BHAG or big, fat, hairy goal. So something that is <laughs> so scary and so big that it terrifies you. So here's mine. I want to provide an opportunity for all those that have the courage to rise above their individual trauma, to actualize their dreams denied to them by injustice. So that big goal drives everything else that I do. And of course, for me, that's around having a successful business. It's about Inspiring and empowering and educating and helping people. So one of my biggest drivers, of course, is is helping people. I'm incredibly generous, but I want to be more generous. So to do that, you have to be really successful in business to be really generous. So that's what drives me to be really successful, so I can give back and fulfill those those ideas of. Philanthropic life, mm. and um, I guess for 2021, that's growing Radio Tony and Tony TV to reach more people, gain yeah. a bigger audience, and help more people. Um, yeah. Put more people in front of others so that their individual challenges or or what's giving them pain, I help to solve that for them.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's absolutely. Amazing what you're doing, helping other people grow and use their voice so from all the people on the path that haven't said thank you I'm going to say thank you for them. it's very important we um, we get it out there that to be able to speak is a lot of people I mean doing what we're doing right now would be cringing and it does take you know you have to really grab yourself by the back of the neck and think I can do this. And for some people, it's a breeze. It's an absolute breeze. They just haven't realized it yet. And I think it's our job to help them realize that everything is possible. But I also agree on what you said that um, to be able to be philanthropic, was it philanthropic? Yes. Yes. You need to have a successful business. And I, like, like yourself, have said to many, oh, no, look, I know you're struggling. I will help. But at the end of the day, it's you that ends up struggling because you're thinking, well, how am I going to pay for the food this week? So yeah, it's never gotten that bad with us yet. Um, but it's, um, you do have to have a successful business so you can help others. Now, when I first started my business, I said, right, I'm going to do two freebies a year. And so yeah. for the last five years, I have given... Uh, my time to and especially the young ones the young ones coming up yeah. that know they can run a business yeah. I I work with them Um yeah and they're published I don't pay for any of the publishing but the working with me for a year it sets them on the road to get their words onto paper or even in the art world I will teach you yeah. the, the simple basic things of art uh, over the COVID period um, I had lots of seniors. Um, they were terrified of what was going to happen. Are we going to die? It was one of the, and I, oh. I was very blasé about it, but I, I saw the yeah. fear. Um, I was safe. My backyard is a beautiful backyard, and I just thought, why not run something for the seniors here? And they were all masked up and gloved up, and and we had all the yeah. right things, and and but I taught them how to do some very simple artwork and and yeah. write. And, this, and journal, well, not write a book, but we journaled, And that's very yeah. important to us, journaling your feelings. So, Tony, the next question for you is um, the bigger dream, the bigger dream than the end of the year, the bigger bigger dream than, and you know deep down what it is. Are you prepared to share it with us? <laughs> um, as you know, Kez, I
0: love to write so I would really love to be writing more books. So I've got um, a couple of co-authored books coming out this year, but I really, I have, um, a lot of my healing journey was to tap into um, some of those uh, childlike things that we let go of as adults. So one of those is imagination. And I would love to write from an imaginative, our perspective stories about my animals. for instance my beloved oh, beautiful and yes their, and their, their personalities and the things that they do that give us joy and and happiness in our everyday lives yeah so there's that and I'd love to write uh wide weeping fantasy saga um, and of course I too would love to delve into the script writing movie genre as well so all of that um, but I, I love what I do so the growth of Radio Tony and Tony TV and helping as many people to leverage streaming media is is another passion for me So co-hosting, when I get to work with someone and co-create a show, that's my passion. I love co-creating and that's about me and the other person and creating something bigger than the both of us. So for partnering with cares like that, just that lights up my life and to be Um, able to do it around the genre of writing and books and publishing is a real gift. I think, because so many people have so many stories and there's so many ways that you can have those stories published now. People, we see that um, we can educate people about how to do it, you know.
1: That's right, um, yes. It,
0: we will have better humanity the more real stories
1: that we continue to tell,
0: don't you think, um, yes
1: I do. I do. I think um, we, we are walking stories literally so why not put them on on onto onto something that people can to read and 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 aspire to and that's the biggest thing is is knowing that there could be someone out there that says i want to aspire in my life to be in your shoes one day what a compliment that is but not only you may have saved a person you may have saved a person's mental health And that's huge with me because I also believe that a lot of our illnesses start in our mental health. So, you know, if you don't cure your mental health, it will go into the body. It's the body screaming, I need some attention. Yeah. Do you know one
0: of the biggest compliments I received after I wrote the book was from a 78-year-old gentleman who wrote me a little email and said, I've just read your book. And your book has given me the courage to talk about my abuse from childhood. Mm. He was that, that age, and I've never told anyone. Mm. So even at that age, um, I, we emailed, I said, you know, this is what you need to, start doing and this is the process for starting do it. And I don't put myself out as a mentor or coach, but I'm happy to say, well, this is what I did and this is how it works and here's some people to connect with to, yeah. to get your book published. But that one gentleman being able to help him come to terms with what had happened in his childhood and be able to walk,
1: read and talk about it before his death, what yeah. a kid. Yeah. Yes. i what a kid. Yeah. I also find that that it's that the 20-year-olds and the 30-year-olds that need to tell yeah. their story, really do need to tell it. Now, as you know, um, in my childhood it was be seen and not heard. But yes. my dad would say to me, look, go sit. I had a cushions under a very big, long, old farm kitchen table in my childhood house, and I think I lived there. You know, it was my little hut. Yeah. I knew everybody's yeah. feet off by heart. I didn't know their faces too well, but I knew what sort of shoes they were. And I knew their voices. Mm. And I would listen. Now my dad had four Irish brothers and my mother was an yeah. English Jew. So um I heard these stories. I heard the saddest of stories. I heard the yeah. the heartbreaking stories. And being a child, yeah. I couldn't I didn't understand what it was all about. But now I do. Yeah. I that they didn't write it, but there was family communication. Okay, there was a few drinks involved when my father was concerned. They'd all get very maudlin over their whiskey. But, um, yeah, it was listening to my mother and her Saturday morning women's meetings uh, and all my aunties Ooh. and cousins. They would talk about, you see, they would talk about the old country, the old, the island he knew. Yeah. My mother would yeah. talk about <laughs> how dreadful married life was. <laughs> and I used to get all these oh, conflicting God. stories. And I also, I you know, I learned I about marriage and I learned about, about um, the, the inside of marriage and the outside of marriage. I won't go into that, but I learned a lot about marriage. And I learned about yeah. uh, the conflict between a husband and a wife and conflict between uh, how, how tired a mother got. With all the children, yeah, this is what you learn, and you would have learnt that too. Yeah. That this yeah. is they didn't write; they spoke, and but we yeah. just do it differently these days. Yeah, that's all there yeah. is to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's
0: always going to be a place in um, for writers, books, and writing. Yes, uh, you know we have modern e-books and we have audio books, but essentially they're still books. They're written by authors, they tell stories, That's and true. humans are connected by stories. So we will keep telling them and we will keep helping people write and get yes. their ideas down on paper because it's important. It's important for the generations that follow on after us. So, kids, we're almost out of time, my lovely co host. Um, I just want to remind everyone that this will be a weekly show for Kez and I, and this week you've heard a little bit about each of us, and from next week we will start to uh, include authors on our show who will be interviewed by the two of us. And coming up next week is um, a friend of mine from the US called Robert Fulton, and he wrote a memoir about Up in the Air so here we're coming up live next week, but Kes and I will be on um, every uh, every week at the same time, and we will continue to uh, co-host for for um, at least the rest of the year, hopefully. Um, and if you want to connect with us, jump on and uh, email kez at author at kez Wickham St George or info at radiotony.com. and we'd, we'd love to hear from you we'd love to know what you think about an author slash artist specific show where we talk to the creators of humanity and if you'd like to see anything in particular each week and join us next week live on the show uh, thank you Kez my beautiful co-host we thank look you, Tony. forward to joining you we look forward to joining you again next week and that's us for this week bye for now bye for now